0: A pugilist type character. Sure, a punch and um, gungun. Yep. It. And so I was prepping for the sesh, and of course, you know me—I'm a theatrical lad, and so I like to do a little voice now and then. And I had the realization that I was like, I—I I, I can't do this voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the one. Uh, I was like, just, you know, by myself in my room, trying to be Gungan. I'm like, mm, nope, nope, no. And everything I'm saying is real, real, real bad. It's like, it just feels bad to say in a way where you're like, is this right? I don't know if it is, but it feels It feels like it is.
1: I find at this point, even if it feels like it, just leave it alone.
0: Yep, you gotta leave it yep. alone. So I showed yep. up to that first session. Everyone's, you know, expecting a pitch perfect Gungan. <laughs> First session i'm just like
1: hey how you doing i'm a guy <laughs> uh, you
0: know, hey what? listen misa misa love uh cheeseburgers
1: I, th- I thought you'd be like i love cheeseburgers don't you <laughs> no, mean misa I
0: had, th- I had to throw a little bit of flavor in there somehow uh but yeah i'm like maybe i'll play a nemoidian no 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 don't do that yeah, oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: Star Trek Saga Saga. Um. Now everybody get your Klingon talking about Star Trek having so much fun. Hey, hosted by Forrest and John. This is Star Trek saga saga. Uh, So if you ready, hop inside the Enterprise. Jake, go, let's go. Going on a ride. Live long and prosper. Yeah, that's right. This is Star Trek saga saga. Come on. Star Trek saga saga. Salutations, Celestial Nomads. Welcome to another episode of Pop Saga, the podcast that fears, fearlessly travels into the enchanting realms of pop culture. You might have noticed by the theme song that you are in for another installment of Star Trek Saga, where we meticulously—not really—dissect the crim dilla creme episodes, not really show by show, season by season. This week, our focus is on Star or Star Trek, not Star Wars. Let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise. Even I'd rather be talking about. Star Wars in this instance. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Enterprise, uh, season two, episode 21, The Breach. And who's at the helm of this eclectic spacecraft, you inquire? Well, I'm John, the intrepid Denobian Splunker with a mapped out route. And as always, I'm joined by Forrest, an Unstoppable and tarian, who incessantly reminds me about the glaring absence of my cave gear. <laughs> So my fellow pop saga pals and interstellar cave dweller companions, fasten your seat belts as we calibrate our face pistols to kill it with laughter setting and plunge into the journey of pop saga only dared embark a whopping like four times before.
0: <laughs> That's not wrong.
1: It's not wrong. i kind of fizzles and I really did have star Wars on the mind. I wonder why. <laughs>
0: So you're saying that during the entirety of this episode, you were just thinking about, "Gee, I wonder what Luke's up to."
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, I didn't have to wonder too much. I uh, I got to hear bits and pieces of him because he was at Fan Expo San Francisco. Oh, and that's where I was at yesterday.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. What yeah. was uh, what's going on at uh, Fan Expo San Francisco?
1: Well, it's interesting because it's oh, like well. it's it's a convention.
0: It's not a great way to start it off, but okay.
1: Well, I mean, it's interesting. I think interesting is a good
0: thing, right? So like, oh, okay.
1: For those who don't know, Fan Expo is a convention where you're able to meet stars for, you know, from various you know, shows and properties, usually science fiction, you know, was, there a verbal,
0: qu- was there a non-verbal quote that I just heard?
1: Oh, did you? Um, oh yeah, I guess the stars is wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't have left it like that, but uh, I was starting to think about it anyway. A fan expo's like that. You're able to buy packages and you can go get your photos taken with the uh, stars and you go listen to them talk and they'll sign autographs. Um, but they also have a dealer's room. And this one was interesting because they had uh, kind of almost two dealer's room. One which was devoted just to like merchandise, which had some like art pieces and stuff and then a whole other floor that featured uh, comic book artists and, um, comic book artists and other people who were selling like, um, prints and stuff. So I got the, I talked to art, uh, Arthur Adams. He's one of my favorite, uh, artists. So I got to talk to him for a little bit. That was fun. Um, I talked to Dave Johnson, who's another one of my favorite, uh, comic book artists. That was really cool. Like, I mean, I even bought a couple pieces from him because they were very reasonable. Um, and yeah, you just, you, it was a veritable who's who. And the big, the big headliner there was Mark Hamill and Ian McGregor. And you could have even did a photo op, I think with both of them at some point for some reason. And wow. so, yeah, so like Fanek, it, it was, it was nice. Cause it wasn't super crowded, but like I got, I, I got some OG signatures for sure. I got, I, I'm, I'm quite pleased with who I, the, the people I got to meet. Do you, do you want to hear who, or should I just leave that alone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. List them off. Let's hear yeah, it.
1: Yeah. Let's list it off because you know what folks, I know this is star Trek saga and we're talking about star Wars and other shit. Let's put it like this, this episode. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, well, you, you'll get to it. So, um. Uh, like, so I got, uh, art Adams and uh, Dave Johnson signatures I got, and then I went voice actors and now for those who may be paying attention or those who really know me, voice actors are my, like pretty much my favorite type of actor. I love other actors as well, but I think voice acting is such a unique art form that in a lot of ways, I think it's harder than traditional acting because you got to use your more ma- imagination, your vocal inflection is really how you can uh, direct a performance. So I got to meet, hang on to your butts. Okay. Uh, all right, Vanessa Marshall. She's the voice of Hera uh, from Rebels. So I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Ashley Eccleston, so I met Ahsoka.
0: Brilliant. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I met uh, David Hayter, the voice of uh, Metal Gear Solid. Mhm. The voice. The so. voice. Yeah, like the voice. You can think key uh, like for Sutherland, but I don't. Uh when he had that weird talent, say for a moment, into the series. Um He was really cool cuz he whispered in my ear. I took a selfie with him. But he whispered in my ear and he was just like, "You know what? He's like, "You know what, John? You're pretty cool." But he did it in the solid snake voice, it fucking blew my Ears back (laughs) he probably oh
0: man that's probably a trick he pulls out a lot
1: oh totally totally way to way to shit on my special fan (laughs) moment but it's fine like i know that to be true but you didn't have to ruin that illusion for me (laughs) really yeah yeah,
0: so you're the person who is like uh,
1: i totally believe it every time they tell me i'm the only one hearing it god (laughs) uh let's see I uh, met uh, Maurice LaMarche, who is the voice of. You, most people know him as the voice of the brain uh, from Pinky and the Brain, but he does uh, a ah, yes. other voice.
0: Yeah, thief. very try to take over the world. Yeah, and well, uh, he was. Next time you see him, tell him I'm coming for his job.
1: Well, yeah, you're 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 doing it. You're doing it now. Can I tell you? He threw out that line, right? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking of? Uh, are you know? Are you thinking? Um, what I'm thinking, uh, pinky, you yep. know, like, cause he did the whole thing. And you know, I, I felt like, man, I'm going to fuck this up because he said it. And in my head, I was like, no, I have no idea what you're thinking. But my mouth was smarter than that. It said, I don't know. Where are we going to find pants that size?
0: <laughs> and he looked at me, and said very good. <laughs> because I replied
1: in the pinkyism and, um, the, the, the granddaddy of all signatures. Peter Cullen. So I wow. got to meet the voice of Optimus Prime.
0: Optimus Prime himself. Yeah. Sam Witwicky. Did he call <laughs> yeah. you Sam Witwicky? Well, um, I've signed th- this to Sam Witwicky.
1: I thought, uh, he did, and I thought I felt very special. Then he called the next person behind me, Sam Witwicky. Called little kid Sam Witwicky. And oddly enough, he called the, um, the Autobot like the the uh, the toy they got of him, Sam Witwicky. So I felt <laughs> less special, but I still <laughs> felt special. Um, yeah, he's like, on
0: hey. autopilot.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, but he was he was super nice. And this um, is
0: a great oh, Sam Witwicky you brought me to sign. I bet it transforms <laughs> into Sam Witwicky. Thank you, Sam Witwicky.
1: Like, <laughs> I am Optimus Prime. Don't you <laughs> mean Peter Cullen? Sure. <laughs> Sure, I am Optimus Fine. You so, t- he
0: goes, What's that over there? You turn around. <laughs> you just just, you just turn back. There's a truck. What the fuck? Is that Peter? It? Is that you? Roll out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like whoa. <laughs> no, so, it's just a truck,
1: Sam. Yeah, it is brought to you by Dodge. What? <laughs> <Or> Chevrolet. Chevrolet.
0: <laughs> Shit. Shit. I don't remember. Guess but- it. <laughs>
1: Get out of here. We're not an EV <laughs> roll out. Um, but yes, yeah, so I got to meet them all. I got some cool other, you know, I bought some other things and uh, yeah, it was a real fun expo. I do know one per, I, I ran into a bunch of people I knew there. So the people I went with were like, wow, you're popular. I was like, yeah, I guess so. I know all seven nerds in San Francisco and they are all here. So really- <laughs> it's only seven now. Yeah, it's a lot though. So <laughs> we felt like a mighty group there. Um, yeah, but I do know someone who went and got photos taken with Ian McGregor and, uh, Mark Hamill. And for me, I was like, Ooh, that's too, uh, too rich for my blood. Good
0: how day. much is a, uh, how much is that running these days?
1: I think to get a picture taken with Mark Hamill is like $700. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Well, uh, worth every penny, uh, I mean to, to get to the, a picture with the Pim Reaper, as he's called these days. Yeah, I mean, look.
1: How do I put it? Like, I get it. And if I would remember I, that I was going to this thing, I might have been like, mm, maybe. You know, just because shit at this point, it's all, all about nostalgia for me. And you know, I'm traveling to dangerous territory, Carol Burnett territory soon. going <laughs> to, soon it's going to be Hogan heroes. And next going to be McHale's <laughs> Navy and then soon I'll be watching old episodes of passwords where they're talking about people. I have no idea what they're talking about. I can't wait for that. He anyway, That's me good, but yeah, no, I had a real, I had a real good time and got some real cool stuff and, um. It was it, it was nice, and uh, I was wearing my Cheryl Lee Ralph shirt that Tanya got me, which is always extremely popular. So everyone was like, wow, I love your shirt. And I was like, wow, I'm at a comic book convention, and people are praising my shirt. <laughs> I truly am a king of kings. <laughs>
0: uh, wow, wow, there you go. Dominating a local comic book convention yeah. Uh I'm sure a lot of people came up and asked you when they heard that those Dulcet towns, you must be John of Pop Saga fame.
1: Oh, they did. I got I had four people ask me about Pop Saga and I was of just course. like I was like, of course, let me hold court here because obviously everyone here would know what I look like because of the carefully uh handled picture of me
0: that I of course,
1: yeah. Put over most of our the photos in our ads. That's how they'd be able to find me
0: yeah i thought it would just be voice print alone but you're saying that plus the cartoon rendering of you and some of the ads uh that really sealed the deal
1: growing in popularity like you know what can you say i've I've been getting a lot of people i don't know about you i've been getting a lot of people be like you ever thought about voice acting and i was like i've thought about it but i'm not good at it yeah Uh, uh, but i was like why didn't you start with me Be like hey you you ever think about acting now, the, the, no. the minute they're going to imagination because they're like, look, you don't got really the face for like <laughs> regular acting, but maybe you can voice like a, a squirrel or like a cantankerous like dolphin or something like, you got that in you. But I, I, I just wish someone would come to be like, you ever thought about acting? Mm-hmm.
0: And you ever then, thought about modeling? Yeah, let's not go crazy.
1: Let's not go crazy. <laughs> This is body by bad decisions after all. I, I wouldn't want anyone modeling their life based off of my modeling.
0: Sure that uh, makes sense. How do you uh, how do you take those those kind of suggestions? I people yes, people often say, do you you know were you a voice actor? Do you do voice acting? Uh, the answer is always no because it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have said, you know, you should be a comedian and I am just, I have to tell you, whoever's yeah. ever said that to you, I have to apologize to say that to me. I should say, I have to apologize. Uh, I do not take these, <laughs> these things that are clearly meant as a compliment very graciously. My response is always, instead of being gracious about it and, you know, just saying, Hey, cool. Yeah, no, I never really thought about it or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. always just like, listen, you don't want that. <laughs> You're All like, right. you think I'd be good at it, I wouldn't. Okay? I'd be terrible. You'd never want it to see whatever the, the result of that would be. Uh so how do you respond? How do you respond to that? <laughs> Fuck you. Whoa. Uh, that's how I respond to it. Oh, okay. Well now <laughs> very, I don't feel so bad about my response. Yeah, very spicy.
1: Very spicy. Wow, very picante, yeah. if you will. Uh no, as, as I've gotten older, I've been trying to learn how to take, uh, something that I would perceive as a compliment. Um, and I would perceive that as a compliment cause it's a weird, like, it's a weird thing. They could not say any of that. And that would socially be completely acceptable. Right? Like they wouldn't sit there. It's like when someone I'll talk to someone, they'll be like, man, you got like a good voice. Like you voice for radio or podcasts. I'm like, ha ha, I've kind of done one of those. And yep. then,
0: <laughs> Surely uh, you've
1: heard of me. Yeah, sure. You it's, should say. I heard about you through a, a fan expo. Yeah. You were holding court, I believe, right next to the Orange Julius stand. That's not <laughs> right. true. They had a monster hamburger stand. That hamburger looked gross. Hmm. Um, yeah, but. Was
0: it made out of monster? I think that would, might actually be a hint about why.
1: It's it made out of hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow. like it's a Kia Sorrento or something. I mean, this is a a big hamburger. Oh, that's so, why
0: there's been so many Kia thefts lately. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Gotta get... Monster see. Burger needs those hubcaps. See, see.
1: Now, I mean, I take the compliment and say thank you. You know, I've always thought about it, and I just leave it alone.
0: Yeah, it's, that's, good. It's, that's a really nice, gracious way
1: to do it. Yeah, I mean, look, look, Forrest, heaven forbid me tell you how to live your life at this point. You're, you're yeah, old. Yeah. You're but old, but if someone does that, <laughs> You're holding cantankerous, and
0: you're not. You're not. I mean, one for one, you're bad at that. You're not.
1: You're not used to uh, compliments, and you're not willing to take them. Oh, but, that's true.
0: But you, because
1: you're setting your ways, your old cantankerous ways. Uh, <laughs> that's what they always say about me. Yeah, that's. I know. I always say, it. but you <laughs> sh- just take the compliment if someone says it. You know what? Here, if you don't know. Any, like you don't feel like you have the proper response, just say thank you. Thank you, yeah. I appreciate that. And then that's it, leave it alone. You don't have to delve deeper into it. you don't have to be like, oh, I've had aspirations or there's this one time where I was in a play and it was pretty good. You don't got to do okay. any of that shit. Just say thank you and just leave it alone because you'll feel slightly uncomfortable taking the compliment. But here's something I realized this weekend. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> It's good advice, <laughs> you're doing stuff, so don't be so hard on yourself yeah. just you know like i mean look AI i's gonna take over in a few years. we all know that's what we right. got left, so just enjoy your life stop being stop ragging on yourself and start ragging on other people like I do
0: <laughs> well that's why that's why you get the final word uh and I don't this is this is uh, it's good advice to leave you on uh, i uh
1: why do I why do I have the final word? I don't even remember where that got started. I just uh, felt
0: I used to do my spiel yeah. and then you would say something. It was always like it, right before it, I think it happened because you have the you have since the start had the the music. For a while it went back and forth, but uh you used to have the music and do the cues, so it was up to you whenever the episode ended. <laughs> so oh, you, that's true. Yeah, it was great. It was great. it was very organic. We did not plan that out at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. now I I've codified it into the actual things that I say. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah. So now it feels like it is intentional.
1: It is. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Though no, I, I have to apologize for the listeners, the, the pals out there. I feel like I've been phoning in the last few. Um, uh, remember, folks. Like even well, even the Wesley Snipes, but I love that quote. I could use that every. That could be the way I'd sign off. Like yeah, remember, think, folks. Some folks always ice skate uphill. That's it. Always.
0: <laughs> Don't I. It. Uh, <clears throat> I think that it is part of the charm of that entire segment is that it does very much seem like you are thinking about what to say in the moment. Yeah, and I, I think that that is very charming because you know it all always it, land, but it is. <laughs> It's just adorable to see you try to come up with something.
1: I would feel really weird trying to sit there and be like, you know, on my, my limited notes that, you know, how's the intro, some of my thoughts, you know, like this Enterprise episode. It's like, oh, really? Uh, God damn. Why'd I, why did I spend 21? Um, that's an inside joke. But um, <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. I'll let was, you
0: well before we start the uh, the breakdown i'll let the viewers in on the, our our fun little new secret okay. uh but we, yeah we'll we'll talk about it before we start but yeah <laughs> but yeah no saying. i'm sitting there going and
1: if i was right like and remember folks ooh i need a i need a stinger for this one and usually i just the my rule is if it's something that we mention at some point during the episode and my brain my my uh memory ravaged brain, if it remembers something, that's where I pull from. So sometimes it's usually towards the latter half or something else. Oh <laughs> right, yeah, yeah something that just happened. Yeah. So yeah. that's where it comes from. I, I, would, I, I, don't, I wouldn't I. wanna do it any other way. Sometimes like you'll say something, I'll be like, oh, that's it, that's it. And I just, uh, it's good, it's, it's going. But for the most time, I'm like, remember folks, two plus two equals four, unless you don't know how to <laughs> math.
0: Yeah, well, maybe you just take the, you just snip that out and put it in the <laughs> end. You got yourself, did a little, uh, speaking of homework, you did yourself yeah. a little homework, you did a little, a little favor uh, beforehand. That's
1: fair. I feel like I do, that's too much work in, uh, the <laughs> editing and splicing and then printing, so I'd just probably redo it again. But pretend, even though that is funnier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway. you know. That, that kind of is is in line with the amount of preparation we do for this show. Um, but one thing we're always practicing, John, uh, I don't know about you, but something that I'm always practicing on my downtime is... Dranks! That's right. It's everybody's <laughs> favorite segment. Uh, what everyone tunes into the podcast for, it is, what are you enjoying this evening, John?
1: Ah, well, thank you. Today I am uh, drinking something that was established in
0: 1995. Oh. oh, it's older than that.
1: A can of Zima. Oh, yeah. that'd be <laughs> earlier. No, I am drinking Blue Moon. Oh, Belgian white, Belgian style wheat ale.
0: Oh, wow. The, the with- fake m- micro brew itself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Brewed with Valencia orange pills. Yeah, blue moon. Yeah, Um, uh, my buddy Michael got some of these because his his dude at work was like, here's a six pack. And he's like, I don't drink this stuff. And I was like, well, I will.
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little macro uh, wheat beer.
1: Yeah, I just, I do feel like I wish I had an orange slice to go with it though. I feel like it does help. Um, The baseline blue moon tastes a little better. It's not my favorite beer, but it works in a pinch. Um, Yeah, so that's what's what's in my bottle.
0: Ah, very nice. How
1: about you, what is in your glass cup trough?
0: Well, after (laughs) yep, it's a trough, as you might have guessed. Uh, After uh, after a glorious uh, day uh, and the following day of Thanksgiving treats, uh, back on the the diet train, so it's back to my favorite light beer, uh, Cerveza Modelo Oro. That's right, the gold standard in light beer. And uh, I'm gonna open that up, and I'm gonna pour it into a wine glass that has been rimmed with salt and uh, dropped a little lime juice in there as well, because that's the way, that's my favorite way to enjoy Mexican lager. Ah, yeah, very nice. Ah, uh, yes. The aroma, the thing about this this light beer is that they got all you know it does it tastes not as robust as a regular Mexican lager of course as you might expect the alcohol per volume content is a quite a bit lower it has a lot of carbonation but not a lot of uh, head and thus not a lot of fun lacing or that creaminess that you associate with beer in general but from an aroma and flavor standpoint even though it's not as you know strong uh, Bold as a regular beer, it's actually quite good. They did a really good job.
1: I'll have to give it a try.
0: Yeah, Yeah, 90 calories. It's cheaper than a White Claw.
1: probably tastes better.
0: It really does. It really does, yeah. I'm so glad I found this, uh, thank you, Modelo. Yeah, thank you, Modelo. I won't Mm, thank you whoever
1: makes Blue Moon.
0: Uh, No gracias, but wiser. Oh, I yeah. think that's the I think that's who owns Blue Moon. Let me look it up. Uh, Bud. Weiser. Yeah, it doesn't say Blue on the moon. They want. It, I think they like to keep it around the real DL.
1: Yeah, I mean the Valencia orange peel does kind of look like um, Budweiser type of calligraphy. So maybe right.
0: Ah, no, Coors. Hmm.
1: Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. All tastes like wet chips.
0: (laughs) Oh, wet chips. Delicious beer. Yeah. No, That's awful. Wait a minute. No, that's awful. (laughs) What am I? A beaver? Well, maybe. Uh, Maybe. You never know. Have you looked in the mirror
1: lately? No. Lord, no, told you, body by bad decisions. I ain't going to <laughs> here.
0: That's dangerous. <laughs> I smashed them all. No. Uh, it really hurts, especially
1: when you're shaving.
0: <laughs> it does, isn't it? So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, bl- under the Blue Moon um, Wikipedia entry, there is a controversy section. Uh, In 2012, Blue Moon had come under fire from the Brewers Association for not stating on the bottle that the brew is made by Miller Coors. Uh, The Brewers Association says that the omission allows the Blue Moon Brewing Company to masquerade as an independent craft brewer. Some other independent brewers have agreed with this assessment. On May 2015, a California man filed a suit against Miller Coors for the craft beer labeling. However, the lawsuit was dismissed by a judge in October.
1: Those motherfuckers.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. All right,
1: well, that's what I'm drinking, and then I'll drink some water afterwards because i got to get that uh, Blue Moon taste out of there.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time, try a can of Modelo Oro, the gold standard in light beer. I wish
1: you had a Charleston Heston because I think that would have been perfect for that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to listen to more Charlton Heston. Uh, the gold dead in Light Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Work. You got. I'm gonna give you some voice homework. Charleston Heston, and then um, uh, Charles Bronson. I think <laughs> either one of them. Because I'm good. basically
0: doing both. <laughs> you blew it up. Damn you. I wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Damn you, you blew it up. Damn you, I, you blew it up. I'm Cary Grant. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I
1: mean, I don't know. It definitely sound like you've uh, got your car and it seats about
0: 20. <laughs> more, more like Cary can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, anyway. uh, hey. uh, so, as you mentioned at the top, we're talking about Star Trek today. Uh, further step on our Star Trek saga. Star Trek saga. 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 Yeah, I said saga. Yeah, I'm doing the echo from the theme oh. song because I really like it. <laughs> uh, when we first started this endeavor, we uh, the goal was for me to pick out the shining examples, the pearl the pearls of these uh, earlier Star Trek series episodes and go through them in chronological order. Here's the thing we're still going to do. We're still going to go through it in chronological order from uh, season to season. And by chronological, I don't mean release-based. I mean when they take place in the timeline of Star Trek. That's why we're starting off with Enterprise. However, I, uh, I decided that randomly picking... Uh, good episodes is just not the way I want to do it. So instead, we are flipping the script a little bit. We are going to be covering five episodes from every season of Star Trek going in uh, chronological order, except they will be randomized. That's right. I, am, I have created a wheel of episodes that will contain every episode number in that season, and we will spin it and then watch and review that episode might be a good one might be a bad one might be the the couple of episodes of TNG that they literally don't want to talk about anymore because they were so racist oh
1: man i can't wait to watch those
0: <laughs> yeah well what? if the if the numbers are in our favor we will be watching them uh maybe it'll be the one with the uh where they beep uh, beat up beep <laughs> Not beat up, where they beam up a bunch of people who, uh, and hay and farm animals, and it's a bunch of uh, Irish people, and it gets real bad real quick. Uh, uh, but uh, it, maybe it'll be a good episode. Maybe it'll be best of both worlds. You don't know. Maybe it'll be a, a, the first one. Maybe it'll be a encounter at Farpoint. When we get to TNG, obviously. Can you tell this is the one I know most of the episode names from, uh, the TNG? Well, uh, if you can't tell yet, I'm telling you now. But anyway, uh, that's what we're going to do. And so it won't necessarily be the best, but it will be funny. <laughs> we will be often watching things out of order. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fun new twist to our formula.
1: Yeah, fun new twist.
0: Yes, Fate shall now decide. Now, Fate has decided to plop us into an episode that is about two earlier than the one we already reviewed, so that is funny. Um, and as you said at the start, it's it's season 2, episode 21, The Breach. Breach, 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 breach. That's right. What is the What do you think the that title is in reference to in this episode?
1: that's a great question i have no idea because it's not like they're really breaking in anything difficult
0: no maybe. and th- there wasn't like a, a breach in the hull i guess there was a like a reactor breach that we saw off camera yeah or didn't see i should say
1: well yeah we didn't see any at all maybe it was a a a maybe it's a little bit more artsy fartsy than that. It's like a breach of ideas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's sort of like breaching through long held beliefs.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah. It definitely wasn't like what I thought it was gonna be until I immediately turned it on. I was like, oh, this is one of the vaulted uh, cave episodes.
0: Yeah, uh dude. yes, the cave, the star, the famous Star Trek cave episodes. Uh at the time the most advanced Star Trek caves that we had seen back in 2003. Uh the Breach originally aired April 23rd of 2003 back on Upin. We talk about Upin quite a bit on this chan uh, on this podcast. Um and uh it was directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, a.k.a. Paris, a.k.a. Nick yeah. uh, Um I think it is his, his second of four episodes of Enterprise that he directed. Um, here's something interesting I found out while doing research for this particular episode. Mm. Uh, it got... It's weird to talk about Nielsen ratings in this day and age, isn't it? Because like the metrics about how a show is successful have changed drastically since streaming has become more of a a common thing. But uh, back in the day, it used to be entirely dependent on Nielsen ratings, which if you don't know what that is, I encourage you to look it up because it is wild. Uh, giving people little booklets that they're yep. recording their, their thoughts in and then tallying it uh was such a it's it's such a um archaic way of collecting metrics and yet this was the these were the these households held an inordinate amount of power as they held the fate of your favorite show in their hand um but uh you know while enterprise is having a a bit of a renaissance i think these days in terms of the fans who really like it are they're adding more to their ranks and they're being very, you know, effusive of the praise of this particular series. Uh it it wasn't liked at the time and uh it had the distinction of going up against Dawson's Creek uh on the same night and it it could uh it could it was consistently beaten uh by Dawson's Creek in the the weekly ratings. Um so it was a small improvement, but uh, the previous episode called Horizon had set a a new record low for the the series. So this is a we're coming into with a series very much like you'll see once we get to uh, seasons three and the final season four. You can see the the show takes a turn for the slightly better in terms of its overall the, you know, tone and style of the show. But we're, you know, smack dab in the middle of a show that is struggling.
1: And it shows. It shows. <laughs> it shows, like, it, it's, it's it's crazy, because the few episodes we've watched, the most, like, consistent players we've talked about has been Jolie Bailock and, uh, you know, John Billingsley, Dr. Fox. Those two seem to be, like, the ones who at least understand who their characters are, um, yeah. you know, versus Archer. Cause Archer, every episode we watch, you never know what you're going to get, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and it just like sometimes maybe he's cool Archer. Like, you know, he'll let you smoke a doobie out back. And other times it's,
0: it's so weird yeah. that they always put that at the show. He's it is just like, like, hey, hey you guys want to s- spark up a j? Yeah,
1: come on, Malcolm. Come on, Travis. <laughs> let's 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 get our spliff running, going on. And then other times, I've got a like bag
0: he- of jazz lettuce over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have made this episode better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's always it's always interesting because this is like. Usually the first season is the Rocky season for Star Trek. And then they have like six seasons of figuring this out. We know that, you know, Enterprise only had four seasons and they burnt through two of them before. I think they kind of uh, found a, a decent stride for this show. But um yeah, like this type of episode, the cave episode is synonymous with, uh, you know, what is also referred to as like a bottle episode where it doesn't really take place in too many places because the set's relatively cheap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And quite cheap. Uh, This was, they had, I think, um, they had 12 or 15 feet of cave wall that they had to make look a lot longer. And by the looks of it in this episode, a shoestring effects budget. Yeah,
1: which, you know, kind of harkens to what you're talking about. How like maybe they weren't doing so well in the budget, you know, they weren't doing so well in the Nelson ratings, which I was a, we were a Nelson family for one summer. Um Wow. Yeah, that it was really weird. Cause I also felt weird that I was writing a lot of PBS channel nine, are they being served? You know, versus I think they're waiting for me. Like he's watching fucking design and women. Good on him, CBS. <laughs> they're like PBS, we don't care for this. Um, education, never. Um, but yeah, maybe they're doing so bad that the budget on this one was just like, Hey, we gotta save every dollar because we're bringing in the Borg in a couple episodes. So, uh, you
0: know, yeah, be, that's probably
1: being, true. Yeah. You're running back and forth in front of this, uh, 15 foot cave wall.
0: Yeah, you know? because a lot of this takes place off of, like, we don't even get a traditional exterior shot of them walking through the the hills of Los Angeles before they get to the cave. Uh, none of that even, stuff.
1: I don't even really feel like we get a true cave yet. Yeah. We don't even get a cave entrance. Oh, no. Get, like, <laughs> like something that's just, oh, they're walking through a cave. We just see them walking into the cave.
0: Yeah, that was a the, the matte painting, and I'm doing the word painting in quotes that we yeah. see when we get to the cave is uh is real bad. <laughs> it's like a it's a picture of the Vasquez rocks like overlaid on a picture of some mountains that's like wildly lower resolution than the rest of the effects, and then they have a couple of JPEGs or GIFs or uh PNGs of uh of of bushes that they sort of knocked out the background in Photoshop and spread around. It's an, it's an admirable effort, but it does have that sort of like old you know seventies movie forced perspective type yeah. feeling when they're like walking on like the very top of the cave rock to get into or <laughs> sorry the the rock to get into the cave and it's like oh boy oh geez <laughs> this is the really i mean they're stretching that taffy good on them
1: it's it's it is it is yeah i mean at this point this is reused taffy um uh, and that's how much this one's been stretched it's just taff
0: yeah it's it's uh, it's absolutely taffy um you mentioned john billingsley earlier he was actually a little uncomfortable with this episode if uh if the sources online are to be believed because he had always pictured his character dr flocks as an unflappable optimist and he kind of had mixed feelings about the revelation that the, 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 the denublians 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 uh, had been war criminals, uh, or at least engaged in some pretty, un- some pretty terrible things. Experimenting, soundingly, uh, sound what it sounds like, experimenting on their foes. Um, uh but uh, yeah, he he was not super happy with it. He he, he commends Robert uh, Duncan McNeil on doing a great job of of making it. You know, making massaging it a bit to to bring the character more in line with what he was comfortable with, but it really kind of shook his foundation about what he thought about it, this character he had been playing for at this point almost two seasons. Something I could definitely understand, but I thought that was another little bit of an interesting nugget.
1: I could see, I could see that to be honest. Even watching this episode, uh, I definitely do not want to get into it but there were some parts that made me kind of go, Oh, 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 that's interesting. Yeah. This is weird. And it, oddly topical. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot yes. of ways. And you know, the unfortunate, fortunate part for this episode, this is probably the, out of the two plots that are going on, this is the most interesting to me.
0: Yes, we have not an A and a B and a C story this episode, just an A and a B. Uh hard to maybe we're just an A and an A or a B and a B because it, yeah, I, oh, I excuse mean me. if
1: we're going off a of grade grading then we have a like a, a C and a D. Uh, uh, no, no, it's not a <laughs> letter grade. This is just
0: a signifier of the uh the the, the hero story and the the the, the, the additional stories, but Uh, it takes place, it's a split episode between, um, an away team uh, attempting to, uh, rescue a trio of geologists, Danubian geologists, from, uh, a cave in this planet that has just experienced a violent coup, um... And the, uh, the new ruling government is very uh, xenophobic. And so they are ordering everybody off the planet in three days. And so the, uh, the uh, Danubian Science Academy asks, uh, sends a message to Phlox. Uh, and then when she passes, passes along to Archer, uh, Hoshi has very little to do in this episode. Uh, she kind of, she appears in the first scene and does a bit with Flocks about Tribbles, which is a, a fun little callback to the original series, uh, until Phlox feeds the Tribble to what looks like a, it's kind of like that scene in Jurassic Park where they lower the cow into the raptor pen. <laughs> yep. But again, they obviously did not have the uh, budget for a lizard puppet. So he just lowers the the that poor tribble into a cage with a bunch of like nest like uh, snake plants and uh, like different stuff you'd find at the you know at your local Lowe's garden center and uh, they just kind of shake that around. Oh no, poor tribble! Yeah.
1: They cracked me up because that hole was big enough to fit a tribble, but I guess small enough to keep whatever eats a tribble inside.
0: Yeah. But the cage was also very small, so were just like, hmm, you don't close that thing? Okay, I guess it's uh I guess it's the, the future's past, so things aren't exactly up to snuff.
1: Yeah, or maybe they don't have to worry about those things. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it was I, I will admit it was kind of cool seeing the Tribble, which is now its first technically canon wise the first appearance of the Tribble. Yeah. In, in the Star Wars Star Wars. Why do I keep thinking of Star Wars? Oh, well, because were... I'd much rather be talking about that. In the Star Trek universe. Star Wars, Saga, Saga. I mean it works. Yeah. It works. I can go call Burton M six right now.
0: Be like, hey, let's change this
1: Um Yeah, I was really kind of looking forward. I thought we did finally get like a, a good Sato episode, but I guess not.
0: Um, yeah. No, because yeah. he's out of here after the this. And of course, after this, it's Flox gets a, a data pad with this information I just mentioned on it. And you know, it's it's worried Flox contacts eyes to camera to intro. Uh, to intro. 'Cause it's been a long road, John.
1: Yeah. A long road.
0: Going <laughs> going from here to there. Um but uh, when we get back from the title sequence, we find out that uh, the Enterprise is the closest allied ship, and so they gotta go down to this this uh, you know this planet that is currently in turmoil, and uh, rescue these. All right, wouldn't say rescue necessarily, just find and extract these this trio of geologists. They know that they're in a cave. They don't know where. Uh, but they got a cool like doom three map of the mm-hmm. of the cave so you know it's it's been it's been mapped they just don't know exactly where the the geologists are so archer puts like... together a, a crack team of uh trip meriwether and malcolm and as far as i can tell from the dialogue meriwether is the only person with caving experience
1: yes he's the only one who learned how to climb a cave i guess yeah which is
0: really dangerous if you don't know. Like climbing a cave is like, from what I've heard, is like 10 times more dangerous than just climbing up a rock face.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't catch me doing it.
0: Yeah, but Archer's just like, ah, oh, you'll learn on the job. <laughs> you going to be okay, Trip? You going to be good? Ah, I'm sure you won't slide down a natural rock formation and break Meriwether's ankle. That's, that'll never happen. Anyway, you got it way to go trip
1: i mean when you see this cave wall a little bit you're like how could you climb down this thing this thing is as smooth as like silk
0: like it yeah had no
1: no texture a couple crevasses have
0: the budget to make texture
1: <laughs> i mean isn't at this point isn't um uh texture just wanton destruction of just smashing things against other things to <laughs>
0: Get the look that you want, like. Oh no no! This is they had some 3D in there. They were just like smooth is the name <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it was
1: it was quite it was quite quite smooth.
0: Yeah. Um. How many? Was, let's see. What is on the the Enterprise? Uh, what is the crew complement? That's a good question. How many? Uh, how many people are on here? Because I'm like, wondering. Because they send the. They send the ensign, I think, and I think Merriweather is still an ensign at this point. They send an ensign who uh, mans the helm uh, with the chief engineer and chief weapons officer. Yep. 83 people aboard the Enterprise. You're not telling me there's another. There's a red shirt down there who just loves bouldering, loves bouldering and caving, loves climbing on rocks, slippery rocks. Yeah, yeah. You'd imagine that, or
1: like, yeah, okay. You have security. You have your 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 equivalent of the you know your your space cop. So then you'd think maybe they would even train to do that. At least that contingent, right? Like that's who you'd want going down there.
0: There's got to be more security personnel. Got to be someone you could spare instead of your, your chief officer. Op- I mean, this is not a new critique of Star Trek. They do it all the time. They're all sending the senior time. officers down on dangerous away missions where they have a whole complement or crew of people that could easily probably train their entire lives for this opportunity. But uh, it is just funny because, like, really, the reason for Malcolm being there is very headcanon-y. You really have to make a leap in order to make that make sense. Uh, and, but even more so with trip, it just like these two, co- the combination of people are just like, well, we don't need you around for this episode because this is going to be a flock special. So who's left? Can you guys, you guys willing to shoot on this day? Are you free Monday? Yeah, like,
1: sure. Yeah. We'll film it in 15 minutes. Um, and we'll be good to go. Here's yeah. the crazy
0: thing, John. What? It, it <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they just it, filmed all of their, their scenes on the, uh, on the ship. And then they spent two days training with a professional climbing instructor. But why? Yeah, right from what we see them do, which is repel a little bit and then fall a lot.
1: And look, to be fair, when uh, Mayweather uh, repels down initially, looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like he's doing the whole thing looks like he's one of those like special forces dudes you see in the movies just kind of running down and I was like okay but that's about the extent of really the climb you get except for the uh spoiler at the end when they climb back up you know you get some questionable climbing there <laughs> you
0: sure do uh not by the not by not. the denubliants
1: <laughs> no i don't mean them you would talk about a dude who looked like he was climbing up something going... Boop, 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 boop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, again, the shoestring budget, folks. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he the, a crack team. A crack team to go down to the, uh, the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, we haven't seen... We haven't reviewed or seen this episode, but there was a, an entire episode... Of uh, season one, where Trip is complaining about the fact that he has to be the one to to describe how spo- space toilets work to a, a, a classroom of kids that are curious about you know space travel and the Enterprise and what have you, uh, uh, and then this whole like obsession, just like this Dookie obsession, comes mm-hmm. right back around in this episode uh because there is an, a waste extraction bag that they have to bring along with them and i guess they're going to have to be down they're going to be down there for 3 days so i guess they'll need it but they're like everything we we, we, we don't take, leave anything behind everything we we bring with us we take back including our dookies <laughs> they're going to have to be in these dookie bags
1: and you're going to have to hold on to this dookie bag
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If this was... A, yeah. It's just... Yeah. And it's, it's not
0: even that... It's not even that this is... This joke is in it, and it's, again, we're going back to the... the Like, Star Trek doesn't seem like it needs to be the place where we talk about uh, doo-doo beans, but, like, we... <laughs> and yet, in this show especially, we seem to be going back there a lot. But it wouldn't be so bad if this was the only time they mentioned it in the episode, but this is a joke that gets called back later.
1: At least there was that.
0: Let's put it on. (laughs) So you like like that joke?
1: No, I don't like the joke at all. It's completely unnecessary, but it's more unnecessary if they just talked about it once and then never bothered to bring it back up. (laughs) That's a good
0: Or, or if it was like even more blue, where it just like, you know, they're like leave. They had to leave Meriwether behind, and he's just like, "Oh no, guys, but I gotta take a shit." (laughs) (laughs) Before you leave, someone's gotta help me take a shit. My ankle's broken. Help me. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: need. Look, uh, Trip, uh, Reed, I'm gonna need you to grab either cheek. And just spread, please. Please,
0: cup your hands. Help me (laughs) trip. Catch it, trip. I
1: can't get it with my ankle. And we gotta make sure we bring it all out of here. Put it in the bag, trip. Trip, catch it. Put it in the bag. Use your hands. (laughs) This whole set to cut out
0: a bunch of material. He's just saying, Put it up your hands, put it in your hands, trip <laughs> Oh, Merryweather, I don't know about this. Oh jeez, do I got a Merryweather? <laughs> oh, please <laughs> my ankle's broken I can't reach back there, my ankle Wait a minute. That <laughs> that denublian stew is really isn't sitting well. Oh, you're gonna need a couple handfuls, trip oh God. <laughs>
1: walls are smooth, so you know it's going to go all the way down if you don't catch it, Trip. There's no
0: texture. It's, it's a frictionless, trip. It's going to go forever. <laughs> it, might, it might start a fire. You never know, Trip. Maybe it'll turn into a perpetual motion machine. We don't know. But dude, we can't take that chance. Catch it. It'll make it a singularity. Catch it, trip. <laughs>
1: The Enterprise might hate the dump it's warp core. Like, I'm dumping my warp cores.
0: <laughs> I dump my warp core, trip. This is the language you understand. <laughs> Engineering, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, trip, Get the back, trip. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, I'd much rather have that than mention it once and it never comes up again. It's... I liken it to when you play like a video game and they're like, what do you choose? Do you say yes, no, or do you choose the other option? But yeah. any of those options you choose doesn't matter. Cause you get the same response. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> sure. There's like, don't, then don't even give me that because even the false pretense of me making a decision without yeah. any sort of implement implication later on makes no sense to me. And you this, want it
0: to matter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you're going to talk about waste removal bag better bring that sucker up or don't and just don't mention it at all because it does <laughs> you know like it'd be different like look we're gonna have to take all these uh these stones that these uh um, scientists have been getting. we're gonna have to put them in our we're gonna have to put them in the poop bags you know what i mean <laughs> good thing we brought all those bags right trip and i owe the use for <laughs> 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 just put the rocks in there it'll be cushioned exactly so like yeah i mean i i I appreciate that but like i would rather the joke not even be in there it's 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 weird it's like even when uh, on mandalorian when they showed like oh this is what a space toilet looks like in star wars i was like oh i don't need to see that
0: yeah we never saw grogu dropping all those eggs off
1: yeah, but like, I don't, it's like, I don't need this. I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to know y'all use the bathroom in space. It's cool. Yeah. I'll yeah, just assume that, that you do.
0: Right. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird. Cause that's the one part of the thing I I don't really care about. It's not, I don't think this is intrinsic to the story. Yeah. It's like, it's not like
1: Dune where like, they'll go out of their way to tell you the, the what the Fremen still suits can't, can't do. So they're like, you know, they talk about it a lot. It's like, yeah, it's got cash pockets for your waist. You're like, wait a minute. Shit in the, I shit in the suit. Then I the suit poop. stores it in my thigh pocket somewhere. And then you milk the poo for water?
0: Yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah, that's what I call the Fremen's old stink thighs. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's still good. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, don't, don't mess it. Don't, you don't get to call them stink thighs. Yeah, not... know, I, w- I wouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but And you shouldn't. Now, so remind
1: me, so what happened after Meriwether's diarrhea accident?
0: What's going on? (laughs) Uh, They, uh, well, we we cut back to the the ship, and uh, because before they went down there, there were some some transports that were fleeing this war-ravaged country, and one of them has an emergency and needs to turn back around, but the planet, of course, because they're xenophobic, they won't let them... Uh, come back. And so the Enterprise has to intervene and take on a bunch of people who have been exposed to a very dangerous amount of radiation. Uh, and Phlox has, like, a real bad reaction when he sees one of them. And we don't really know why. Um, uh, but when when Archer is talking to this alien, we get the context. He has a very strong reaction towards Phlox, and Phlox and asks Phlox to leave the room um and so we we get a sense that there is a the history here i don't remember the name of the other aliens we have the denublians and then what was the you mentioned it in the intro what was the other alien and tarans and tarans okay and then we find out that there has been like a you know a conflict that has been going on for centuries between these two and there's there's a lot of uh bad blood um and the, the Taylor the, Swift going on Of course there's Taylor Swift wrote a song about it and it has just never been the same since uh but the big conflict comes up when he won't allow Dr. Flox to treat him and, and even though he desperately needs it because he just does he can't imagine uh a member of the Denobulians doing anything on him while he's passed out because he has a lot of prejudice against them. Right. Um uh but uh when we go back down to the cave, uh there's a scene I really wanted to talk about. Please. Where
1: it wasn't the diarrhea one.
0: No, where like they they are continuing to look for the geologists and they're they're, they're trying to find which cave they could have gone in. And Malcolm sees like Malcolm sees, like, a bunch of, like, frosted flakes that have been glued onto a wall and is just like, if I was a geologist, I would go this way, towards the frosted flakes. Like, there was clearly, like, oh, we need, like, crystals in this wall. Mm, who's got a gl- hot glue gun and a bunch of, I don't know, window samples, glass samples?
1: Yeah, like they they ordered a bunch of infomercial glass samples. Like, yeah, order this and we'll send you a swat. Yep, exactly. Give give us 200 of those swats. We gotta make something cheap. I honestly, the I don't know if it was uh, Paramount Plus at the time or something, but at this this part that you're talking about, it was so lower compressioned that I just took it as it was just a leap of (laughs) Faith. <laughs> like it, it looked really bad. but if uh, you realize it's not lower compression at all? Well, that, that, yeah, maybe I need to get the rip just like it's even like. Oh no, that's what it was. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on. other than it's like, that's a that's a bold guess. Like they'd, they I think they'd go this way. Just follow the hot glued corn flakes over here. <laughs> yep, the
0: frosted flakes lead the way. They're like a prism. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, really. Yeah, no. <laughs> um and uh but that's real fun. We cut back up to the ship, and uh Archer is sort of has a one on one with this uh with this alien guy, and he finds a little more context and, and he's he gets like he gets the guy to kind of pause and be like, oh, interesting. You really made some good points there. Again, in the typical Archer way, which is to sort of just like get irritated with someone and kind of yell at them. Not at like a loud volume, but just like be pissy with him.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of moody to get his way.
0: Yes, like kind of just like badgering people into doing what he wants by being sort of the most aggressive one in the room uh and he does he continues this attitude with Flocks, which where Flocks is like hey this has been going on for like 300 years uh you know the cornerstone of of uh you know uh, Denublian uh medicine is that people have like autonomy over their bodies and they're able to make their own choices about what kind of care they get mm-hmm. uh Cause like there was and uh, you know Archer's like yeah boy okay yeah but you, you don't what I'm about just saving anybody for whatever like uh, however you can and Phlox is just like ah well you know uh, Hippocrates was not born on D- Denublia or whatever <laughs> Just very it's like oh yeah okay maybe again okay, this is a uh, uh, this is an example of Archer not knowing really anything about an alien uh civilization but just like stepping in and imposing his viewpoint on it yeah he's basically like hey i know you've been you've had this like cultural trauma or sorry this historical trauma with this other species of alien throughout the year in history it's been going on for like 300 years or more but he's just like yeah, but just like try to be nice to him okay just do it all right yeah just do
1: it anyway <laughs> uh, ignore his will wishes forget your yeah. hippocratic oath or whatever you've taken as a doctor ignore all that shit and just do it anyway treat him anyway
0: yeah he's That's like it. uh do you think i'm going to like fix 300 years of of like this uh of this prejudice and like this 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 fighting uh in 38 hours and he's like yeah do it <laughs> <laughs> He's so abrasive. The thing is, like, spoiler alert, at the end of this episode, he basically sets these two species on a path to understanding, kind of. At least, you know, starting with a few people who have broadened their horizons. And the thing about, like, the thing about Picard, let's just say, that he felt like he was pragmatic and he had a mode that was very, like, lawyery, and he feels like he could make a point that was very nuanced and and, and it felt like he really understood what he was talking about. Archer just, like, he has a very strong set of personal morals and he goes around just, it, 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 like, uh, superimposing them on any situation. And so when he, like, makes these humongous, like, diplomatic uh wins which he seems to constantly do you're just like i don't buy it it doesn't i can't imagine that this guy it's... who just goes just who just pissy and is just has like real big like uh take me to your manager or you know let me talk to your manager energy it's like this gets shit done yeah yeah
1: no i'm i'm with you Because normally like you'd look, you'd look to this, any show really, the kind of either teach you a moral or some form of character growth, right? Something that that character did not have at the start of that episode that they gain by the end of it. So then they can learn and grow from it. Usually Archer is the type of character where you think he is completely incapable of learning anything because he is is completely set in his ways, like, (laughs) You know, and that's what I mean. Like when, you know, when we talk about like, what's a good captain, who, what, what are the qualities of a good captain or ones that learn from their mistakes and seem capable. He never seems like he learns from anything. And when he does, like in this instance, it was by accident. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause it I mean, just, he just kept yeah. badgering him until he finally said the right thing It's like, well, you should learn to kind of make amends or something. I don't know. Later, and it yeah. just like dawned on him. But it wasn't like something that you you saw him reading a bunch of different books and trying to learn or get a perspective. It was just that was his mood.
0: Yeah, he's also a he's also a, a freaking liar because he says to this dude who's holed up on the hospital bed, he's like, "I like to judge people based on their actions," and you know. Wh- based on one-on-one experiences. That's not true. He's constantly like bringing, just like assuming things about people, especially if they're aliens. You're doing it right now. He's <laughs> Like, well, well, I don't know anything about your history, but why can't you just get along, okay? God. Just do it already. Just yeah. do
1: it. Can you hurry up and do it already? Thanks,
0: just <laughs> do it. Yeah. Uh. Uh annoying but meanwhile down on the planet guess what trip and malcolm have located the three geologists all right time to pack up and leave Eh. nope they don't want to leave in a in a scene that is kind of hilariously entirely 80 yard as far as i can tell oh was that what was going on I think so. A you, lot of people feel like they are rushing to get their lines in before someone's lip stop flapping.
1: Maybe it was like a real cave, and there was a tour coming by, so they're like, oh, "We gotta,
0: we gotta speed this up." Like, I want to find that. I want to see that real ca- that quote unquote real cave because <laughs> I think that real cave might be in uh you know cousin Jerry's basement.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. If you ever seen the Poughkeepsie tapes, that's where that cave was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, this is, I thought it was just, again, I thought it was either like the, the stream or my soundbar because it did seem off. Wow. Yeah. Holy that, shit. It, it, that was my read on it. Yeah. Cause I forget what the, I forget what the dude's name. Was it, uh, was it, uh, Hudak? Sure. Uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, Nubians, I believe uh, it. the, like the main one. The the, the yeah. main one that did all the talking for the most part, like his, all his lines seem like they're about a half a second later than like the mouth movement. So yeah, maybe you're right, but it, this, this is one of those we need it. They felt they needed two plots when honestly they probably could have just done this, the shit
0: plot. I think they could have just done this. I know like a lot of this whole entire thing is like based around the fact that they need a reason to be in orbit and they need a reason why there's a ticking clock and Beyond that like this entire cave thing seems fairly contrived Because like even like you're like you're saying this scene there's no conflict here because the 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 quote-unquote conflict between the the Starfleet personnel and uh and the danubean geologists is is remedied in a single scene because learning you know taking the the lead of his captain trip you know <clears throat> throws a more justified um uh fit uh and the they they get the geologist on board in like five minutes because he's just like i'm gonna drag you out of here if you don't leave here yourself and they're like all right we'll just need help carrying all these fun rocks
1: right three three bits to get them there one bit to convince these people to you know to move forward yeah it, it it that's 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 fair and how silly and again also illustrating how it had nothing to do with the plot like these are two separate things and i even yes i get it you need the excuse to have them in orbit over this planet i feel like you could have just had them be in o- orbit over this planet because there was a prevailing evacuation and they were asked to help with that and then the Antaran is aboard and then you just get the conflict there
0: yeah and then, there is, there is other ways it's not to say that there isn't any other way they could have done this but you're right there is there was there would be a way to focus more on this much more affecting, much more in- interesting plot with flocks than in this uh, the stuff that is going on in the cave. I think you will be surprised to hear that initially, after initial filming, this episode came in eight minutes short.
1: Oh. So scenes,
0: scenes like that down in the cave, which resolve almost immediately, could have been stretched out a little bit. Uh, they had to shoot a bunch of extra footage to to, to pad it out. Um, but I think that's why, if this episode feels in a couple places like they're stretching that taffy, I think that's why.
1: Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because, like, I would have much rather, like... I would have, look, I would have foregoed the Meriwether diarrhea, slipping and breaking his ankle <laughs> yeah, scene. Sure. In favor... That actually didn't happen, but he did break his ankle. Um <laughs>
0: yep. That's, I, that's a little bit of our head cannon, but but uh, anyway I would
1: rather him be included when he, they go to the Nubians and then have some sort of cave in or something where then they all have to use their respective skills to you know free themselves and then they get out of there
0: I, yeah I, like I don't be... I don't understand why there must have been budgetary reasons or like the set wasn't big enough or something but leaving Meriwether behind does nothing for Meriwether. He's not in any it's, extra danger. Uh, there's a the part when, like the, the shelling starts and the rocks start to fall from the top of the cave that he kind of curls up in a ball, but that's like the only thing that he does.
1: That's really it. It's not like this cave is filled with uh, deadly other aliens or predators or something that you know would cause why you would want the extra firepower or whatever. It... It really, you did not need to include Merriweather at all. You didn't, or even just
0: need- Merriweather. He's the or only one him? who knows how to cave. Oh,
1: that's true. That would have been good, and finally, like I don't look, I don't re- really remember Enterprise episodes that I did watch originally so well. So I don't know if there's a great Merriweather episode out there. Um, but in this instance, like this, just felt like uh, he was on the call sheet, but we didn't really have much for him, so.
0: so you'll get you'll break your ankle you'll just spend the rest of the the time sitting in this corner in this cave set uh very bizarre choice um along with a series of bizarre choices like uh these (laughs) and again like Here's another scene that makes me really feel like they're pulling the taffy. There's a scene where they're they're sneaking back through like the uh, the little narrow passageway before the shelling starts, and the Danubian in the front, uh, like takes out one of the Tupperwares that they've been like stashing throughout the cave system that have rock samples in them, mm-hmm. and they're like he stops up the whole group to get a rock sample. And so, to the point where uh, Trip like threatens to shoot him in the butt. Yeah,
1: I will shoot you
0: in the ass.
1: <laughs> you do not move.
0: And it's because he's just like, oh, I gotta get these sweet geodes. Uh, there's a great scene though <laughs> later when they're hauling Meriwether up uh, because his his you know ankle is broken, and he has three of those Tupperwares in his arms, and he drops one and he's yeah. like oh oh shit and it seems a lot like a mistake and then they have like an ADR line of that guy being like oh it's okay I've got other samples over here
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: it's like is that, is that like, because that could have been funny it could have been really funny if like they dropped all of them and they're like oh no all of your the, your work and they're like oh no those were just the backups like they like endangered their lives for going back for these Tupperwares full of rocks and they didn't need them that would be funny but they don't, like, they don't spend enough time on it for it, that joke to land.
1: Yeah, the only non-intentional joke is when one of the DeNovians is climbing up the, the sheer face of this rock wall. Because
0: <laughs> it looks so funny.
1: Yeah, it looks like one of those uh, toy spiders that has like the cable that just kind of moves its... Like, you can hang up on the wall, and it just moves with the wall, but it's not even really touching the wall. That's how he looked. I was just like...
0: The way that that set's made, it does look like he's on a track, like a slot car. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. <laughs> like a, up like, that thing. like his belly button has a little uh, little rod or something that's putting power to the little car so you can race <laughs> it around the track.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, again, another scene where it feels very much like the urgency that they just felt is completely gone. They just have uh, Malcolm and Trip kind of hanging out on their rappelling lines Just kind of watching a guy crawl real fast up a rock face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it just, that's what, that's what sucks when you have the A and B plot, but the B plot does nothing for you. Or maybe that was the A plot. Yeah. And what we watched on the the the, the ship was the B plot, but the B plot or whatever one, the ship stuff was way more interesting.
0: Yeah. And we get another scene of Phlox trying he he tries his bedside banner. Uh and it's just it's not working out. Um you know, the the his patient really gets under his skin. Um, and, uh, is like, Hey, do you have kids? You tell about how much of a monster we are racist piece of garbage. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> he really gets, uh, he really gets his goat. He really, he gets, uh, uh, Flocks to really overreact. Um, which, but it leads us to a great scene of Flocks and Tapal. Tapal really the only thing that she gets to do this episode, but at least, they're uh, you know trip and uh archer aren't harassing her <laughs> like in previous episodes
1: yeah they're not trying to say hey look at all this steak we're eating Well, you eating your vegetables you suck Ooh, you're a
0: vegetarian <laughs> yeah none <laughs> of animal that animal
1: flesh again but again it's like the two best characters like to me are flocks and to paul mm-hmm And then like everyone else is just like, uh, you, you pick one for the week, but even this momentary bit where we catch her, it, it it does more for the plot than the shit bags, the, the Tupperware filled with rocks and anything, you know, anything else between it's like, it, it's a quick scene, but it's an appropriate scene in the mess hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Flox gives a masterful performance uh really impressive um you know talking about his basically just telling a story about his racist grandma and how he took those lessons and decided to to make his uh, broaden the minds and understanding of his, his children um and that's really the that inspires him to bring that story back um, uh, bring that story uh back to what is his name? What is the name of the guy he's operating on?
1: So this one was the hard
0: Hudak. So is
1: it Hudak? I couldn't tell. So then the Denovian was uh, Nolan or Zepht.
0: But yeah, uh, I think uh,
1: yeah, I think maybe you're right. Hudan is the uh, Antarin. So yeah, uh, apologies for misspeaking. Hudak. Uh, uh, Hudak, 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 Hudak. Not Hordak. Stepping up in my groove. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, he brings the story back. Flocks brings that back to Hudak,
0: and yeah, it says, "Hey, you know, I, I, taught my children to be more open-minded than than my parents taught me or my grandparents taught me." Uh, but it didn't work. It worked on all of my sons or all of my kids, except my oldest son, who, you know, basically joined up with, uh, joined up with the Proud Boys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, became like a real, a real wingnut. But you know, I don't know about you.
1: I actually like this kind of, uh, the, this variation on it. Cause you're kind of expecting that, Oh, all his kids are cool and you know, they're yeah. all with it. And he's just saying, no, see, look, I've I'm better. Or, you know, like we're not all the same. You shouldn't group us and all that stuff, but it's just like, no, it was like, I wish I would have spent more time with him because he didn't get it.
0: Yeah. And I, I th- really agree. I think that was really nuanced and it felt like, I don't know. It felt like, uh, it felt really, Resident and impactful in a way that I was not expecting. Um, part of it is the way that John Billingsley d- delivers this performance, but uh, it is a really eff- it, it it's believably affecting. Like I think this the 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 uh, Hudak's change of heart I think makes sense because of the strength of the performance of uh, John Billingsley in this episode.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. It, it felt. This felt like the the natural evolution. It wasn't like Hudak was all for it afterwards. Still a little trepidatious, but willing to give it a chance. Versus, you know, Archer's transformation into saying something profound or whatever. He might <laughs>
0: well, like you said, kind of stumbling upon a really resonant moment uh, and a really important... Like a, a, a possible... You could see it as a the beginning of a turning point in at least... At least in in the eyes of a few members of these two, you know, factions.
1: Yeah, I could not have said it better myself.
0: Yeah, um, but, uh, back down on the planet, everyone gets out of the cave A-OK and back into the shuttlecraft. They're about, you know, a couple hours past due, past the deadline, the decree has went out, the, the, uh as they leave the planet they're getting shot slicked at them by uh by a patrol craft of course again this is a weird sort of like it continues the weird trend of like the no stakes existing in the the cave part of the episode because it seems like oh no they're being attacked by this ship they're being shot oh are they gonna be shot out of the sky no it's fine they're not they're just it's a couple of it's a couple of little they're they're s- sweeping them out the door or whatever whatever kind of folksy <laughs> uh, uh, comparison that Trip makes. Uh, really, because they just peel off, you know, they weren't weren't in any danger. They shot them with a couple of low energy beams. Everything's fine, um, and uh, uh, we get the the second to final scene is Archer walking uh, Hudak to the his ship uh saying, Hey, you know, Phlox wanted to be here, but you know, sorry, Meriwether broke his ankle, so he can't uh anyway, uh I heard you're gonna take uh these so he's like he's willing to take on the 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 geologists, the danubian geologists uh on a ship, and both parties have agreed, hey, we're both okay with this if if each other are, and so it right. seems like a a real it seems like a, a big step forward that wouldn't have happened had Archer not intervened and insisted on you know Flocks uh, and Hudak getting to know each other, um, and you know that both both uh, all th- well <laughs> both men. I'm not gonna say all three men because as you pointed out. I don't think Archer really learned anything from this. He's
1: going to walk away from it. I did a good job. Yep.
0: I'm good at this. I'm a, I'm the best. Uh, I'm going to be the first president of the Federation. That's the real lore thing. Um, But, uh, you know, both flocks and Hudak are changed forever. Um, And uh, you're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> really? Archer played any hand in this whatsoever? this is like don't teach people that this kind of attitude gets results uh Man,
1: how many times have you met someone who you've been like wow they failed upwards congratulations
0: wow. well, sure yeah I think, I think we've all i think we've all encountered plenty of archers in our uh in, I, in our lives
1: even i have been referred to as an archer from time to time so well, that's uh, fucked up yeah Wait, you know. i know
0: mean, as someone who failed upwards
1: yeah yeah totally totally they're like that's you mean. archered that and i was like uh, damn right that's... i did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it's not directed
0: yeah. towards captain archer i a fictional character i think that's quite mean but uh <laughs> um yeah and we get the button on the episode the final scene is uh flocks deciding to write a letter spoken but not read uh to his estranged son that he hasn't talked to in a decade. Um and the purpose of his letter is saying like hey, I had a, a an amazing encounter and it was very enlightening with uh this this person that you've been hating for so long or this this uh, species. Yeah, maybe if you are open to it, you might be able to th- the story might change the way you think. Um and uh it leaves, I think, it's a sort of a, a solemn but potentially hopeful note of the episode, uh, and also really great to to leave us with a perform, uh, you know, a final world word from John uh, Billingsley because again, he's doing a fantastic job and really selling this character moment, and uh, I liked the way it wrapped up, and like you said, I liked the A story. We'll just call it the A story. I liked the A story quite a bit. Um, but I think taken as a totality with the B story, it's there's just a lot of goofiness in it. Otherwise very serious and it's, um, important it, feeling episode.
1: It's too inconsistent because it's, it's one of those things that like the, the, the A plot has, you know, a lot of real world implications. You can imply from that, uh, from, yeah. from those, you know, that, 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 that riff, that split, that type of thing that's happening here. that you know, Star Trek normally does so well is harping on like social issues or societal issues or anything and kind of reframing it re rephrasing it, but also still coming up with a poignant part and for the a plot that's there, but this B plot is just like some Scooby-Doo stuff <laughs> where you just Good like way this, of describing it. You know, it just takes all the, um, the wind out of that sail of something that could have been really, you could have still did your bottle episode. Everything could have taken place on the ship. There could have been issues with, there, there are so many ways I feel like that this episode could have been better than what
0: it was. Um, yeah, I think that's a decent, that's a decent summation of Star Trek Enterprise in general.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just a shame because you know, it's like, I always look to star Trek, the look for what's the best in us type of thing. Maybe that's naive of me, but that's kind of, how I always frame it in my head uh, for myself and I I know a few people do, and that's what I want to be left with. But most I'm just like, man, I really hated that cave thing. So my brain really just keeps focusing on these you know, nonsensical don't need to be there plot points, which is, you know, kind of lowers how I feel about this episode overall, even though, you know, John Billings, he does a, a he, it's a great flock showcase um, in a lot of ways. And it could have been really poignant and it just kind of hit the mark in that one regards, but most of the other parts, it just missed most things.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think there's not much more to be said about this uneven but interesting episode of uh, Enterprise season two, episode twenty-one, "The Breach." Uh, but I sure hope you enjoyed listening to us break it down. Um, next time we'll be back with another spin of the wheel, uh, and maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll involve the Discord in that spin. Maybe we'll give uh, we'll give the oh. pals a chance to to. Take that uh, wheel for a spin, and they can determine our fate in uh, whatever episode we uh, address next in our Star Trek saga. Um, so uh, join up there if you would like to try your luck. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We sure as heck enjoyed making this episode for you. Uh, but let's roll into the outro and thank. I mean,. After that amazing piece of theme music, I think you could argue very convincingly that Burton M6 is the third member of the Pop Saga crew, has definitely contributed to the show in a way um, that wouldn't be the same without him. So check out the link to his Fiverr page. He's available to make music for you too, and as you can see, the the quality on the show means uh, it's going to be good uh there's also links there to our socials we've got uh, several of them but you can ignore all those and go directly to the link to join our discord join in the discussion spin the wheel see the pictures and you know you know find a new group of friends in the pals become a pal yourself free of charge to you for now who knows how long it will be free get in while getting it is good uh, and with that said, we hope that wherever you're listening to this, however you choose to listen to it, that you're feeling happy and healthy, and if you're not, that's okay too, but enough of my blabbing. Let's hand it over to John for the final word.
1: Remember, folks, if you're going to go climb in a cave, bring your shit bags. <laughs> tuning in because you part of the crew every episode giving you something new go, let's go i'll be yelling yes sir feeling like a captain that's picard and kurt star trek saga saga come on Woo! this is star trek saga saga let's go let's